so uh, we've seen it time and time again, influencers getting excited about that side of things. Uh, because for, again, for a nonprofit, uh, that they see the value, they care about it, they're passionate. It's super authentic, which is important. And so it really just works. Three, two, one, zero. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Rogue Creators. My name is Brian Fitton, and this is a podcast dedicated to highlighting those people who are doing amazing things in either the content world or digital space or marketing or just doing good out in out in the community and the world. And I'm with my awesome co-host, Lauren Lewis. Hey. Hey, how's it going? It's going good. Good. Hey, we have a phenomenal guest who we have had multiple just trying and rescheduling and our part and rescheduling, but we finally have Jesse Lane uh, on the podcast today. Jesse, how's it going, man? It's great. I'm so <laughs> glad to finally be here. We are we are so happy that you're finally here as well. Um, again, it has been one of those uh, back and forth, back and forth trying to figure this out. And so, so happy that we're able to actually do this today and, and uh, jump into um, really a cool topic that we don't really discuss a whole lot. Yeah. Um, and I'm just going to kind of leave it there. We'll, we'll kind of wait. <laughs> like you, have wait. <laughs> okay. you have to wait. You have to wait. But uh, before we jump into all the fun stuff, uh, we like to start off with something a little bit fun, Jesse. And... Uh, Go ahead and kick it off, Lauren. Yeah. So each week we like to start off with what are you obsessed with this week? So starting with our guest, Jesse, what are you obsessed with this week? Oh, there's so many things, but um, I was prepared for this. And <laughs> I have to go with my almost one-year-old daughter. She is oh. just the cutest thing. Her name oh. is Mabel. And she's taking her first steps and her hair is finally long enough to put in like uh, pigtails and like, I, it's really hard to work right now knowing that she's downstairs and I can just be hanging out with her. So I, I'm upset. I have three daughters. And so I, oh. I just love being a girl dad. It's the best. Yes. I, I agree with that. We have a, I have a daughter that she is uh, four years old. And so it still doesn't matter. She's still like 20 pounds. Like she's still so tiny. And so I, being a girl dad's awesome. She definitely has me wrapped around her finger. That's a, her personality yeah. way makes up for her size. Oh, though. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes, I have those too. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, Lauren, what are you obsessed with this week? So I know it's not new, but the other day I, so I'm obsessed with the uh, drive-in pickup that most stores uh, are yeah, doing. Yeah. Okay. But the other day I had to run errands to like three different places. And the fact that I could go to Kohl's, I could go to Target, I could get all my stuff I didn't have to get out of the car once was pretty impressive. Nice. And I know that a lot of it's to do for COVID, but I really thought about it. I was like, I really hope this will practice will kind of stick around um, just because it was really nice, especially if you just, you know, particularly I need these couple items. I don't need to go in the store and shop around and I didn't have time. And I, I mean, it cut my time in half. And so I just really, I don't know. Target especially was like super easy. So <laughs> <laughs> they have like the drive yeah, through. I- parking spaces, which is amazing. <laughs> it's, nice. it's true. I, I'm, the Target one is a little too convenient for our family. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I feel like we we place an order almost every day. I'm like, our Target <laughs> you know, tab was already a little too high. And now the drive-in is just making it way too easy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They almost, it's almost like the checkout lanes where they're like, they started, they realized like shopper marketing. They're like, oh, we need to put a bunch of like little items by the checkout. They're mm-hmm. like, now with drive-through, 
it just makes it completely, you're just helpless now. You're like, now you're picking up things more often because it's so easy. Yeah. Oh, and they're just getting us. Getting us anyway. Um, so the thing that I'm obsessed with this week is actually I'm going to go super tech on us. <laughs> super tech. Uh, it is our A10 Mini Pro that Miss Ava is running our cameras right now. So hey, hit hit them with uh, the few different shots there, Ava. Yeah, that's what's up. That's what's up. <laughs> and we have Jesse on. So the A10 Mini Pro is an awesome little device that usually would probably have cost about six thousand uh, dollars in previous years, and now it's only three hundred dollars. Which we have the Pro, which you can stream from. So it's from Black Magic, and it's awesome. And if you want to nerd out with me, please, please, I beg, I need people to nerd out. Lauren doesn't care about this stuff. Alex, my wife, she doesn't care about this stuff. Ava doesn't even care, and she's running the thing right now. She doesn't even care. Nobody cares. Jesse, do you care about tech? I care. I care. Yes. Man. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I'm going to at least say that for you right now. Who <laughs> is a pity care? It is. I, I, I will take it. I will take it. But uh, I'm really excited about it because we've been able to do actually several live events. We've produced yeah. some of those. Um, and then just even in studio, being able to do so many things with it for such a low price. It's kind of crazy. So. It is crazy. I will give you that. Oh, thanks, Lauren. Okay. I feel better now. Okay. All right, Lauren, kick us off here. Why are we? Why do we have Jesse? On the show today. Well, I think it's twofold. Um, I mean, one, we want to talk about Branch Mission Labs. And so give a chance for him to talk to us about that, which is really awesome. Um, And then we're talking a little bit about influencer marketing today. Um, So we've had a chance to dive into this a little bit actually today on another podcast, but really excited to chat about what this can mean for your business and how you can utilize uh, this particular type of marketing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Jesse, tell us just a little bit about you, your story, um, where you guys started and, and yeah, just, just take it, take it away. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a family man, as you've already heard. I'm married to Stephanie and we're high school sweethearts from Arkansas and love this area. And we have three girls. So we're busy and loving that. And I love Jesus. uh, So that's a big deal for me. So my faith is a pretty big driver of everything I do and including my business. And so that's a part of my story. And then I have this business that is called Branches Mission Lab. And what we do is help nonprofits, entrepreneurs, people doing good in the world, socially conscious organizations grow their reach and impact more people. And so that's kind of what we do in lots of different ways. And that's my passion. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Really awesome. And you have... uh, It's such a cool business model that I don't think... I I hadn't actually thought about about it before because traditionally with nonprofits, I mean they're they're always needing help. They it's like it's one of those things, especially in a world that that they're not a really a part of or don't have any expertise, especially in the marketing or social influence or any of that stuff, and they just need that help. And so there, you know, we're blessed here in Northwest Arkansas to have a ton of nonprofits, um, and so there's so many people doing just good things in the world. But a lot of times they they need that little ex, uh, expertise in their life, and that's something I think we've we've worked with a few just different back and forth, but. Um, I, I think what you're doing is is really cool. So, um, Lauren, I know you have some statistics here for I us. Do. <laughs> I do. She always has some Ooh. awesome quotes and stuff, and so I want to make sure that we highlight some of the uh, the. Are you okay with that? Yeah, I'm okay with that. that. Thank yeah. you. Um, yeah. So, um, kind of transitioning to talk a little bit about influencer marketing. Um, 
I think it's a space that a lot of people don't know a lot about. And so I wanted to pull some statistics because it's really a market that's growing. Um, So here's some statistics from HubSpot. Um, It said 80% of marketers say influence marketing is effective and 89 say it works just as well, if not better than other marketing channels. 71% of marketers say the quality of customers and traffic from influencer marketing is better than other sources. And let's see. Google searches for influencer marketing grew 1,500% in the last three years. And then 48% of marketers working with influencers say audience relationship is the most valuable factor when considering which influencer to collaborate with. Um, So, I mean, what we just, I actually have quite a few more, but (laughs) what we kept seeing over and over was that this is just a real space that's really valuable and it's really growing um, and people are really beginning to trust it, whereas there might have been a lot of confusion around the space earlier. Um, now people are really starting to jump on board. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So Jesse, I mean, talk to us about what you guys are doing specifically in that world of marketing. And I, I know, again, it's it's a, one of those things, especially in the nonprofit world, it feels kind of weird to say that, I guess. And I, you know, but you guys have really normalized, normalized. And I think, uh, again, like just even following your accounts and stuff, you guys do a phenomenal, you have a phenomenal presence online, but talk to us a little bit about how you're helping in that world. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We mostly work with nonprofits and they do sometimes struggle with even the word marketing, (laughs) which, you know, that is a problem, but they often don't have the budgets. They don't understand how to do effective marketing and the digital space is foreign for them. And so that's where we come in and help. And what's so great about partnering with influencers or what we call allies a lot of times is that it can be really cost effective and it can be very relational. And because of that, nonprofits really, it's a good fit for nonprofit organizations. It's really passion driven. And when there's alignment with an influencer in that passion, which we can talk more about, but then it really just makes sense and it, it works well for nonprofits. It really works well. I think. Uh, for small businesses, for large businesses, for everybody's finding success with influencer marketing. But when we're working with these nonprofits, sometimes small organizations, it's one of the first things that we recommend when it comes to reaching new audiences, You know, people that have never heard of them before. We hear it all the time. Nonprofits are like, we're the best kept secret. And you know, it's one of their favorite lines. And, and we're like, well, we can help change that. And <laughs> one of the ways we do that is with influencer partnerships and helping them get the word out there to new audiences that would love what they're doing. They just haven't heard about it yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I think, especially in that world, it's, it's hard to get your message out there and specifically your vision, your mission, and, and really, oh, well, I use this as like, I'm just a phrase that I always say, but evoking emotion out of that marketing, right? And telling a story and doing it well, um, that uh, again, I think what you guys are doing is pretty cool because it is very niche. It's not just like, hey, we're helping a bunch of small, small businesses. No, it's like specifically designed for nonprofits. And so, um, yeah. again, I think that, I think that that's awesome. So, um, when it comes to that, I mean, how can, Really, how can uh, and you call them allies? And I actually really like that. But how can somebody kind of get started in that space um, and working with you guys and and uh, branch? Yeah, sure. Well, I, I kind of lay it out in three steps when it comes to finding influencer or partnering and doing influencer marketing. And it, just to keep it simple, you know, step one is just finding those right allies. And there's a process we have for identify who those are. Uh, step two is just approaching them with 
you know, the, their win in mind. So thinking about how you can create a win for them, a win for their audience, and of course, a win for, for the business or the nonprofit that's, that's approaching them. And then three, just assessing and scaling. So what worked, what didn't, you know, making sure you're measuring so you can uh, grow and do more if, if it's working. That's awesome. So yeah. Yeah, we, we like to take organizations uh, through those steps and we can do it pretty quickly if they're willing to go there with us. But we have some tools that we use and actually I can share a link with you guys to, to help people download that for free off our website. Yeah, please, but, that's awesome. Um, we have a toolkit. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, I can share that right now before I forget, but it's just brancheslab.com slash influencers. And so we have like, a toolkit there. And that's what we use with all of our clients to say, okay, let's fill out this spreadsheet. Let's, uh, here's the steps to approach uh, an influencer, all the things you need to think through, practically speaking, to um, start to build those relationships if you don't already have them. Uh, which speaking of relationships, I, I shouldn't go any longer without saying, we always, we always want to start there. Relationships are critical. And so we always recommend that if you have relationships, which everyone does with someone that has an audience that's aligned with what you do, then that's a great place to start. Even if it's a a relationship of a relationship, you know, finding those connection points, that's always the best place to start. And uh, you can actually go a long ways just working your, your relational network. And especially if you don't have a huge budget, like a lot of nonprofits don't, uh, you can, you know, start with those relationships or start building relationships with people who might be a good fit. Uh, because just like any kind of business, influencer marketing happens through relationships. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, we talk about social media. I mean, that's literally, that's what it's designed for is for people to be social on that and to foster those relationships that they have and grow new connections and new relationships. So that's, that's, uh, that's on point. Yeah. So you hit on budget and I, I think it's kind of a bizarre question, but at the same time, I think a lot of people, when new businesses, like they have not tried influencer marketing. And so they don't even know like how much that would ever cost. Um, Cause I think mm. we talked a little bit that um, some of our clients, I mean, they, they think, well, I've got to get an influencer has like a million followers. And we're like, no, 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 that's, <laughs> that's really probably not the average influencer that you're sure. probably going for. Right. And so kind of in a ballpark system, obviously it depends on the company and the campaign, but um, what on average does an influencer marketing around cost? Yeah. Not going to like my answer. That's uh, <laughs> totally fine. Yeah, I mean, because it's impossible to say. It does depend on so many factors. But I'll just say this. I, I will say it can be very cost-effective and it can be very, very affordable because a lot of the organizations we work with, like I said, they don't have a huge budget for right. marketing. And we have to prove to them that it's going to work and get results before they will invest more and more. And so, I mean, we've done campaigns for as a little, as little as a few hundred dollars and got some really good results. And, uh, but you know, large companies are spending millions, right? So it's really hard to give you an answer to that, you know, but you can get in the space with $500 and start to get creative um, you know, find the win for the influencer because they, yes, you should most likely pay them, but you, sh- you can also find other ways to make that a win for them, right? Um, because there, there's exciting things for them beyond money, right? And so you can find other creative partnerships, especially if they're, you know, uh, don't have a massive following, a micro influencer or someone just kind of getting into that space. And again, 
That doesn't mean you shouldn't pay them, but you can get creative and make it cost effective, especially if you're a nonprofit and they want to help you grow your mission, then the alignment's there, then it, it gets to be um, more about just finding the wins for their audience so that they're excited to share. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's that's actually really cool. And that I, I guess even when you when you talk about brands and we've we've uh, again we've you know we've talked about our our um our roommates, uh, Soapbox Influence, and they work with a lot of big brands and finding that partnership that really works, that authentic connection, that authentic, you know, engagement that they want with it, with that brand and, and the influencer themselves, I think is really cool in the nonprofit world. You actually do have that opportunity to um, help an organization that you might love or have a heart for or something, you know, that's a little more of an, of an actual emotional connection rather than just Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and help sell more toilet paper or craft right. what you know yep. ranch dressing or something. Not that there's anything wrong with either of those. I'm yeah. just saying. Like, hey, be careful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, it is it is really cool to to have. Uh, I mean, that's something I hadn't thought about. You know, obviously paid campaigns and paying the influencers, which you absolutely should do. But being able to maybe even say, well, what 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 do you what would you like out of this relationship mm-hmm. too? I think that that's actually that's actually a really cool way to to uh, to go about it. Yeah, we we always talk about that. And I think it's super important when you're looking for the right ally is that you start by finding alignment and passion alignment. And so, I mean, if you think about it this way, nonprofits are, are going around and raising money, right? They're getting people to donate thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. And maybe there's an influencer out there who has given before financially. Um, and they they care about this cause, but uh, maybe they can only give so much, you know? financially, but instead of a financial gift, they could use their influence to help this nonprofit. And yeah. it may be worth 10 times more than the financial gift that they can afford to give. And so uh, we've seen it time and time again, influencers getting excited about that side of things. Uh, because for, again, for a nonprofit mm-hmm. uh, that they see the value, they care about it, they're passionate. It's super authentic, which is important. And so it really just works. It works yeah. well. But I, I can also see that for businesses that they care about. You know, it doesn't probably just apply to nonprofits. That's just where we uh, spend most of our time. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's really cool. And, and so uh, one of the ones I'm so I'm a foster adoptive parent. My wife and I have, I have foster and adopted. And uh, so the call is is a, a really close mm-hmm. nonprofit to us. And uh, so we helped actually do some of their live events mm-hmm. and that kind of virtual space. Um, how has it changed working, uh, you know, since COVID kind of hit? You know, how has that really changed your business? How have you guys adapted to um, really still kind of help boost nonprofits during this time? I'm sure it's extremely difficult during this time, especially with not a lot of in-person events and a lot, a lot of fundraising that they're doing in person. Um, what have you guys really done to kind of adapt to the the changing normal, I guess? Yeah, sure. Well, it's actually, I mean, for our business, it's, if anything, it's been beneficial uh, because so many nonprofits need what we do, which is, I mean, we've been in the digital virtual space all along, right? So that's, that's our expertise. And so that whole dependency on in-person events that so many nonprofits have we're over here saying there's another way you know you can you can raise money without an in-person event in fact you can do it with a lot less overhead and um, actually reach more people and tell your story and yes the technology might scare you but you can get past that and yes it's different 
but it's still people and it's still your story and you can you can raise those funds you need um, virtually using a giving day using you know email marketing influencer partnerships using these online strategies that we teach um, and so in, in fact some nonprofits are are trying those things for the first time and raising more money than they ever wow. have and it's exciting to see that now that's not always the case but it's definitely happening and then also I would, I've talked to a couple organizations and they've said you're telling me we don't have to plan you know we don't have to do this event every year like if this works we're never doing it again <laughs> we hate our in-person events there are so much work yeah. and stress and you know pressure and you know, I'm saying, well, you know, I'm not saying they're all bad. There's a lot of value that happens in those in-person events. But yes, there is some alternative options and people are being forced to to figure that out right now. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually incredible. And that's that's really good to hear, too, that um, I mean, being able to take it, not take advantage of the situation, but being able to adapt to the situation mm-hmm. has actually been beneficial uh, for for other yeah. uh, other nonprofits too. And that's that's really cool. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. Getting dressed up a lot of times and kind of going out, going to do the silent auction, like you, I think you get probably the corporate sponsorship in that sense, but not a lot of like individual. Um, so being able to like, oh, hey, cool, they're doing an event, I can just donate online. That's super easy. Like that's that's pretty right. awesome. Yeah. So something we were talking about earlier is like with um, like social media and then with influencer campaigns is tracking the success um, that it's a little bit harder to do than what used to be the traditional marketing. Um, And so how do you track your guys' success with these particular marketing campaigns? Sure. I don't want to get too techie here, but so I'll start with high level. I mean, I just... I think it starts by just understanding what your goal is, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you don't have your audience journey mapped out, if you don't know the funnel that you're trying to work, then you've got bigger issues, right? Like you probably aren't ready for influencer marketing. And so we always like to start by saying, like, where does that play in your funnel? And influencer marketing typically is one of the best ways to reach new audiences. So it's top of the funnel, you know, and it isn't always, but Typically, and so because of that, um, it isn't always the best place to drive people to a purchase or a donation if you're a nonprofit, because these are new audiences, right? They're cold uh, in a sense; they don't necessarily ha- haven't gone through the journey of building trust with you. And so, we are often asking people and challenging our clients to like set a goal that is uh, realistic for this <laughs> for this setting and for these uh, new people that are finding out about you for the first time. And just make sure you can measure that, that priority goal. So whether that's just one thing or two or three you know, metrics. And so if that's you know, getting new followers on our social media, because that's a real natural thing to happen, then that's pretty easy to track, right? And yeah, yeah. Uh, you can do that. If it's growing your email list, which is a, a highly valuable asset for organizations, we're always pushing them toward that. You know, how are you driving people to join your email list through a download or a resource or whatever that may be? You can track that as well. Um, you might need to use a track link to track your website traffic. Um, you know, and, and so make make sure that your links are trackable and that your influencers using that if if they can. Um, but really, just knowing what your goal is 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 a is a huge place to start, and then just making sure you have visibility to if you're actually hitting that goal or not. 
Yeah, no, that's, it's funny because that's, um, I mean, kind of in your traditional marketing, but so many people don't do that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're not, uh, they're not making it easy on themselves to actually collect that data. And uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of step one for any business, let alone a nonprofit too, but being able to track that and not just, I think with us working in the social media space too, it's always like, well, how many likes did I get on that? Like, well, it's not, yeah. that's not necessarily, it's like the end result is, is basically either the product, you know, they purchased it and, or, you know, they signed up as a new customer or a new client, um, right. or in your case, you know, the, Hey, they actually open up their wallet and they donated to help you out or they're mm-hmm. volunteering or whatever that goal is. And, um, that's, that's awesome because again, I, I said it before, you know, we've worked with some nonprofits and a lot of times they don't know what those goals are. They don't know where they're going with, with, um, what they're doing in their marketing. And so it's cool that you kind of line that up. So, um, so being in this space, Jesse, what are kind of your favorite platforms and what have you seen platform wise, like for your allies, what are their favorite and what do you guys kind of lean towards? Yeah. Are you asking about social media platforms? Uh, I'm assuming like our favorite, I mean, typically we find ourselves pointing people toward Instagram, uh, because there's so much happening there, but we've worked on campaigns that are uh, focused on bloggers and their websites. We've looked at YouTube influencers. There's a ton of YouTube influencers. Um, of course, these days, you know, partnering with TikTok influencers. I was looking at the uh, an article that had the top grossing TikTok influencers. It was just wild to see all these yeah. really young people making millions of dollars <laughs> <laughs> on TikTok. Um, by just being an influencer, you know, and dancing mostly. Uh, most of them were just <laughs> dancing on yeah. TikTok. So there well, you go. Well, that's what my TikTok channel is. It's just oh. a lot of me yeah. just... And that's all we want to see. Down. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And, right. and tech stuff. That's dancing and tech. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the, I, honestly, I don't get too hung up on the channel. Um, you know, there's influencers on LinkedIn. There's influencers on Pinterest. I mean, it's, it's really... Depends on your goals. I think it depends on the influencer, honestly. So I, we tell people to approach the um, approach their campaign, typically listing out a lot of potential partners, allies like this person, this person. You know, so they might list out fifty potential allies, and then narrowing in from there. And some of those may be on Instagram, but some of them may their influences on Facebook or um, on their blog. And so, really, you need to follow their lead in that. And not be too hung up on what platform they use. Uh, that's my my perspective, at least. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think you want to you want to make it work for them and for what's going to be the most effective through their audience and where their platform is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you guys uh, have you guys done any podcasting influence uh, oh, space? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. One of my favorite recommendations. I just made this recommendation to a client of mine who's an author. And I said, like, you know, you need to go on a podcast tour. You know, that's, yes. that is your, that's your influencer marketing strategy. And uh, we've done that multiple times where we say, okay, your, your focus for the next month is just trying to uh, connect with any podcast that makes sense. The audience is the same as the audience you want. Then you go... Uh, try and get on that podcast and, and share and show how valuable you are and what you bring to the table. And that's a great example of influencer marketing, maybe something that people aren't thinking about. So I'm glad you mentioned it. Yeah. Well, we're, we're fond of podcasts around here. <laughs> Just, so. a yeah, like <laughs> Just a little. Just a little. Um, no. 
Okay, so what, um, oh my goodness, my brain. How can you use influencer marketing while maintaining authenticity and integrity? Because I think a lot of people kind of feel sometimes that influencer marketing is a little icky. And I think that's changing, but I still think those thoughts are there. Yeah, I think, oh man, this is, this is good. I think for me, it starts with finding those allies that do have alignment, right? Mm-hmm. That they're not, um, you know, they're not doing this because just for the money or just for whatever they're doing this because they actually do care. So it starts there and that usually solves it, honestly. Uh, sometimes it's hard to find that. Um, but once you have that, that really takes care of things. But other than that, I would just say, you know, not, not, uh, selling out your, your brand or your, um, you know, trying to bend over backwards to make it work for someone who isn't a good fit for you or their audience isn't a good fit. So you just need to have that authentic alignment. And that really solves that for the most part. I would also say, you know, follow the rules. You know, there's there's guidelines out there from the social media networks. There's, uh, you know, if you need to have ad on, you know, listed, make sure you do that. Like, don't try to work around those things. Uh, that's kind of a given to me in the integrity of, of things. But, and then, yeah, pay people what they're worth. And, um, you know, that's a huge deal. So make sure that you're giving influencers uh, value as well, whether that be financially or, you know, multiple ways. And yeah, I think the integrity thing really comes with like, if you're second guessing something, wondering if this is a good idea, wondering if this is uh, authentic, then just don't do it. Like don't, (laughs) you know, don't play around in that gray area. Like if, if an influencer really, you know, a few weeks ago was talking about something that doesn't align with your values or align with your message, just don't even go there. Even if they have millions of followers and want to talk about you, like it's just, that doesn't make sense. One of the things we talk about is, um, do you really want to be associated with this person? (laughs) You know, and knowing what could happen and because brand association is really powerful. You know, we, we learn about organizations, brands through people, oftentimes influencers or other brands, and we just tend to associate them. Right. And if one of those influencers you partner with, go off the rails in some direction that you aren't that doesn't align with who you are as an organization as a company then it is not worth it to partner with them no matter how much how many new likes or followers they can get you yeah. right so um so yeah i just think you don't play around with that if it's if there's questions there yeah absolutely uh, that's that's fantastic and that's i mean that should be for any business so you want to be associated with this person like if you don't align with their values i mean it may be one of those things too of like Hey, we'll find somebody else and, you know, or you hit on a good point too of like pay people what they're worth when it comes to that, um, that integrity piece of it, because so many times we're looking to get the the best results for the cheapest price and we just haggle and haggle and haggle and, and my, that, that in and of itself, like make sure that you're giving back to those people. That's, those are awesome points. So Jesse, thank you so much. Hey, where can people, uh, find you guys, uh, work with you or follow you social media? Where, where can we, uh, where can we find you guys? Sure. Yeah. So our website is just brancheslab.com. And like I said, if you are into influencer marketing, wanting to get started, I recommend you checking out that toolkit. It really will help you get started. It's free. And so you can download that at our website, brancheslab.com slash influencers. But yeah, you can follow us on Instagram. Our our, uh, tag is just at brancheslab. So that's where I point you. If you want to 
reach out to me. You can do that there or just email me. It's just jesse at branchesLab.com. I'd love to connect with anybody uh, that's out there listening. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we'll we'll make sure to put all of those links too on our blog and our show notes at GoRogueX.com um, where you guys can follow in that toolkit too. I want to see that toolkit. That's pretty awesome, man. Um, uh, but thank you so much, Jesse. Seriously, thanks again for, for jumping on the show with us today. And, and uh, really... Uh, for working with our insane schedule and obviously yes. during this new normal time, man. Uh, I'm so glad worked it worked out. It. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So thank you guys again and uh, we will see you next week. Thanks. Thank you. You ready for rapid fire? So ready. Let's okay. do this. If you could get rid of any holiday, what would it be? Oh, goodness. Jesse, go, because I can't think of one yet. That is so hard. Um, probably, I don't, maybe Thanksgiving, because I eat too much. It's back to back to Christmas. <laughs> right. Yeah. It makes for awkward family, you know, moments. <laughs> That's very That's true. One. It's, it's really one of my least favorite here, holidays, to be really honest. <laughs> Mine would be Valentine's Day. Really? I okay. just don't... I, I love my husband. I don't need a day... Like, we have our anniversary... <laughs> but I don't need an additional day that's like you have to I don't know it bugs me like it's, sure a, it's a good it's a good reminder like hey you need to go on a nice date but I don't yeah. know it's just a weird one to me yeah I, I have no idea because I was thinking it was like maybe St. Patrick's Day because it doesn't really I mean yeah I always hate like th- that, that's when I'm gonna go with St. Patrick's Day because it's always like people are like well you don't wear green and getting pinched and and when I used to do when you get work, pinched often <laughs> more in the office settings before <laughs> <laughs> Less now, I guess. <laughs> but maybe before I was say, it was Ava like, and I are not pinching you. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I appreciate that. You guys remember that though. When okay. I don't wear paint or pink, pink. green on those days. <laughs> okay. All right, that's my answer. Okay. All right. <laughs> my word. Okay. It's brunch. What are you eating? Ooh. Brunch. I'm a I'm gonna you know eggs and bacon kind of guy. You just keep it simple to the classic. So when I was in Mexico, oh my gosh, no more. Uh, they always, <laughs> <laughs> it's a running thing. Sorry, Jesse. Uh, they had like these like breakfast taco type uh, I'm things sure they did. and carnitas, and it was delicious. Oh, that does sound good. And we always ate about ten o'clock because get sleeping because we didn't have kids in Mexico and it was amazing. Yeah, was that nice? It was so nice. <laughs> I miss, it, for you, miss right? it so much. So sorry, Jesse. All right. <laughs> All right, Jesse, brunch. What are you having? Okay, well, yeah. I mean, I was going to say that, but the eggs and bacon, I'll, I'll just add to that. Some Onyx coffee for sure. Oh, yes. Yeah. Representing. Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I you know, drink multiple cups a day. It's a problem. And then, um, yeah, probably just lots and lots of bacon. Maybe, mm. you know, an omelet with the bacon and then a side of bacon. I mean, yeah. I just... Kind of like a Ron Swanson yes. side yeah, of bacon. Yeah, I, I can really... <laughs> I can really relate to Ron Swanson when it comes to eating. <laughs> Love it. Love it. So good. What so about mine's you? always biscuits and gravy. Oh, that's, that's good my too. fave with, with lots of bacon as well. Um, not healthy, but super good. Well, if you're eating you're brunch. Making me hungry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I say, if you're eating brunch, you're not really being healthy because there's not really like 
Well, there are those brunch. people that do like a kale. Oh, send and, out yeah. Gangry. Why are they? Yeah. Yeah, just some avocado in there. There <laughs> you go. You know. Some healthy fats. That's just superfood or something, right? There you go. I like that. Okay. Well, hey, this was good. Thanks yeah, so much. Yeah, it was really good.